listener production. On today's edition of Footy Talk, we're joined by Melbourne legend David Neitz and we're going to reunite him with his former teammate and housemate, Jeff the Wizard Farmer. And boy, I'm sure they're going to share a couple of stories, so stay tuned for that one. We'll look at the Melbourne Collingwood King's birthday game and also dissect last night's win by the Saints against the Sydney Swans and the controversial tackle. That's all to come on Footy Talk. You're listening to Footy Talk on this Friday, the place where you get all the news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. We're joined by David Neitz, but we have a very, very special guest today, Nita. I'm very excited. I know the listeners will be because this man was an absolute machine. He was a weapon. An excitement machine, but he was better than that. He was a star as well. He was a superstar, small forward. He played with you. He played in the grand final team and all Australian. We welcome Jeff Farmer, the whiz. Welcome, mate. Great to have you. On the show, first of all, just tell us a little bit about what you're up to these days. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. It's been a long time overdue. I've stayed by the phone waiting for this <laughs> phone call, so it's about time. But uh, yeah, look, I'm uh, in the construction industry, uh, working on the uh, Metro Tunnel Project. I'm down at Arden Street, so just up the road from North Melbourne, um, just plugging away. Uh, we've got a little bit of time left, but uh, yeah, the station is not too far from uh, up and going. And you still love the footy? You still watch a bit of AFL? You're following it? You're keen? We're good to see Buddy yeah, Franklin still... last night too. Yeah, no, I sort of seen that on Instagram. Uh, I've watched a few games, mate. Uh, a bit busy nowadays with work and uh, and family as well, so I don't get the chance to take control of the remote at home. With the kids are <laughs> always wanting to watch uh, cartoons. Uh, and that sort of stuff. So when I do, it's uh, it's a great opportunity to be able to uh, watch, in particular, Melbourne and uh, Fremantle play. Right. And what about your young fella, though? Bro, he's got the Collywood jumper on these what? days. What's going on uh, there? Well, there's bragging rights up. <laughs> yeah, long story, mate. Um, pretty much uh, we sort of hoped that he was going to either pick one of the two teams I followed, but um, uh, I had a mate come down from Darwin and he stayed with us for a week. He's a mad Collingwood supporter. And he just kept pretty much putting it in his head. Collingwood is the greatest team and the only team that you should barrack for. I took him to a game and he actually bribed him that much that he bought him a jumper, a jacket, shorts. He put him out with a full kit. So pretty much he's a Collingwood man. And uh, uh, it's good for the rivalry around home, especially at this time when the two teams play each other. Yeah, which is Monday. We'll get to that game shortly. I tell you what, you can't begrudge him, though. The way Collingwood are playing, Jeff, everyone's loving watching Collingwood. So I don't blame him at the moment. They are playing some good footy and they are flying. But I want to talk about uh, you two because you're also housemates as much as you were teammates and shared that Ford 50 together. You did live together. We did. For a while, and uh, you shared a couple of stories. And not really sort of kept it pretty tame, didn't you? Living with Jeff, but well, yeah, he actually snitched on me too, man. I haven't seen that episode. <laughs> Here I am trying to get. I've got my best kid on. I'm about to walk out of the house. I've been caught by the captain. <laughs> he turned around. He said, "Where are you boys going?" I won't double on the other bloke, but he's like, "Where are you going?" You know, we're going out, mate. He goes, "Where?" We're going to Wild Bill. <laughs> so, uh, he wasn't too happy with it, but... At, a at Wednesday time, night nightclub in the middle of Southland exactly. Shopping Centre. Oh, jeez, how good the demons going at the moment. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's pretty much obviously a bit upset with what, what we were doing. I turned around and said, mate, I'm in flying form, brother. I can't flirt. 
And then I'm going out. I'm having a good night. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I thought he was just going out for dinner because <clears throat> it might have been Jeff White's turn to cook. We all, Jeff White also lived with us, and <laughs> I tell you what, whenever he it was his t- turn to cook, you didn't want to be at home. <laughs> it was the first ever yeah. meal, first ever well, meal that Whitey cooking, cooked. He's still cooking at the moment. I see him on Instagram. He's cooking for his young fella. So yeah, uh, Jeff the she- Jeff the chef. Skinny, he calls so himself. They're eating any of the food either. <laughs> right, he, he cooks spaghetti bolognese, and he goes, mate. The spaghetti not really working out exactly how it does with you. I said, well, what? show me your process. He goes, oh, I've got the mints and whatever. I go, well, did you brown up the mints? Cook the mints first. He goes, oh, no, nah, don't oh. do that. <laughs> <laughs> so so we just aborted the household whenever Jeff was cooking. Oh, very good. Um, so, yeah, there's some of the perks of living with the captain, but also some of the negatives if you just did to, you had to sneak, sneak yeah, around him well, a little that's bit. Yeah, it was, it was almost as though he's one of the boys, but you never know, you know what I mean? <laughs> he could also run to the coaches. Well, so he, was, he was pretty good at giving boys praise. So, uh, yeah, you sort of stay clear of what, what was happening. And you were just saying off air, Nate, you got a story about uh, about Jeff with the red boots. What's the red oh, boots oh, story? No, well, Jeff, you can tell the red boots oh, yes, story, good. right. But um, it was it was out at Geelong, wasn't it? You know, and uh, and um, it was everyone sitting around and it was we were we did the pre-game warm-up and all that sort of stuff and, and the Wizards got the, the normal boots on, the black boots. Next reason before anyone wore white boots yeah. or coloured boots, everyone just in the black. And the game starts and the the Wizards got these bloody red boots and they're shining. Yeah. Everyone, what the hell's going on here? Well, you take it. Yeah. You tell the story, Wiz. Yeah, so, yeah, pretty much there was uh, well, the great John Forbes from Puma started to give a couple of boys some coloured boots. So uh, Gavin Mitchell, who was with uh, St Kilda, actually had a red pair. He actually wore a gold pair too when we played for State of Origin for WA as well. So he started the trend around our, our time anyway. John Forbes has given me a blue pair and a red pair. So I've gone with the reds. I've snuck them on like Nina said. <laughs> I waited until we started running out to put them on. And uh, I look, we, uh, we'd never had a good run down there anyway, beating Geelong. Um, but uh, I ended up, I might have kicked two goals, four or something like that. Um, with the red boots, didn't even look like I had boots on because of the socks, you know. So <laughs> we've uh, obviously lost the game. We've all sat in and um, Neil's sort of just given us a little bit of a rundown post-game uh, about, you know, things we didn't work, do well and this and that. And then all of a sudden the red boots have come up. Uh-oh. They pretty much lined me up. I bought Eyeborn pretty much said, mate, don't ever wear them red boots again. <laughs> so, yeah, they were only a once-off. They ended up going up for auction and uh, they went and contributed to our uh, our trip away. So, in the end, it was a good cause. Well done, well done. Of course, Monday, it is a huge game, the King's birthday clash between Collingwood and Melbourne. It takes me to a story, Jeff, back in 2000 against Collingwood at the MCG. One of the most remarkable individual performances I think we've seen. Uh, you can tell the story, but I think you hadn't had much of a touch at half time, and then you've kicked nine goals in about a quarter and a half of footy that was yeah. – you had to see it to believe it. What was the story there? Because that was remarkable. Yeah, so pretty much like you said, brother, it was uh, a first half, very, very quiet. Um, I had more touches in the warm-up than I did in the first half. Uh, Obviously, I've been taken off from sitting on the bench. Um, What I've also been told is uh, Ben Beams replaced me. He was actually playing very well as well, I must say, Um, but he'd actually broken his arm. Uh, by that stage, Neil Danaher was uh, talking to Chris Fagan, you know, like, who have we got on the bench? Who have we got on the bench? He said, well, you've got the wizard on the bench, Jeff Farmer. Obviously, he's not interested in me. He's like, oh, well, where's his magnet? 
you know, like it's not on the board. He's like, well, you actually threw it outside, mate. <laughs> so Chris Fagan has had to go outside amongst all the crowd to find my magnet. <laughs> he brought it back in, put it back in, and then Neil Dano obviously he's, uh, put me back on. And, uh, yeah, mate, pretty much as a forward, the, the delivery of the, of the football was uh, superb. Being in the right place at the right time, we had two big bulls in Nita and, and Swarter that also, uh, you know, made a bit of room and looked after me as well. So, in the end, to be able to kick nine goals, uh, you know, especially, I think it was 40 minutes, brother. So, um, you know, in the end, it's one day that I'll certainly remember and it's sort of led on uh, since then per... Uh, you know, Queen's birthday, King's birthday now where uh, he gets spoken, uh, you know, very privileged and honoured to be a part of and still remembered for that game by the club in particular. I'm glad you remembered the selfless acts of the people around you there, Wizard. <laughs> yeah. made a huge impact on that night, yeah. those nine goals. Massive. I, mean, I don't think the about? listeners really know how much of an impact that selfless leading pattern that I was running helped out yeah, that day. Well, well, just quickly, because the selfless act is another one I did. So if you remember as a housemate, Oh, here we go. Hey, Wiz, can you do us a favour here, brother? So I've followed him. He's gone into the uh, bathroom. You know, hey, mate, can you do us a favour? Can you give us a bit of a, a clip around the back, you know? Yep. I was expecting uh, what I saw because he's ripped the shirt off. Oh, he's handed me the hair clippers and then he's like, bro, here, give us a bit of a clip around the back. So he's ripped the shirt off. Mate, it's a massive furball. <laughs> oh, it was Bigfoot. I turned around and said, bro, these, these hair clippers aren't going to do. He goes... What do you reckon? I said, well, I'm going at the backyard to get the lawnmower. Wait for me. <laughs> so, right, I that just... was one of the – and then also, Needy, you haven't mentioned about Paris. What happened in Paris? Well, what happened in Paris? <laughs> the taxi, you remember? Or you want me to tell we're, the story? We're, we're over in uh, Spain. Yeah. We, uh, at the end of the season, we're over in Spain, and then um, a few of the boys had went to Madrid. We we we'd um, we'd missed that part of the trip, so they were going on and on about it. So we go right over oh, in Barcelona. We'll go. We go to the airport with the with the mission to go to Madrid, and then next minute uh, the wizard looks up. And he's standing there. And goes oh. Wouldn't mind going to Paris. Yeah. So five seconds later, we go to Air France to think we're off to Paris, and so so we go so we go into over to Paris. Wiz is obsessed about the Lady Di. He wants to know all about Lady Di, and yeah. we went to the bridge. We visited that, and Wiz was happy. What else happened, Wiz? While we're over there, nah. Well, oh, mate, well, like we were saying, obviously I'm going to keep it PG. It was a great, <laughs> it was a great experience, but look, we went to we actually caught a taxi. So we actually caught a taxi. We were leaving, and we had to go across. Um, um, I've got the name of the actual uh, place, but I mean it's where the roundabout, and you've got about six lanes. You got to push your way out. Yep. So where we were staying would have been probably five minutes to where we actually had to connect to catch the bus to the airport. And look, this man, I know he's got a lot of money, so I didn't know why he wanted to argue over a five dollar trip, <laughs> but he refused to pay the taxi driver. <laughs> and then the taxi driver goes. Oh, you not in you're not in America now, you're in France. And then Nita kept arguing with him and then it was pretty much, oh, I go to the club box, I get my gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't and I'm like, oh Nita, just pay the man, pay the just... man, let's get out of here. <laughs> uh, long uh... story short, he ended up dropping the five bucks to him, mate. We got on the bus and uh lived to tell the story. 
No, no, I do remember a, uh, I do remember a little bar that we did go to. That we said that um, <laughs> that Paul and yeah, we went I, into, and we quickly yeah, realised. Paul and I quickly realised. Oh, this is an interesting kind of bar. <laughs> it's a, um, it's a, there's a lot of males in the bar. <laughs> Very interesting. And the, the whiz didn't really cotton Can't on. Even and catch on. A little bit later on, he thought he's having a great old time. People are buying him drinks. He's even having a great old time. <laughs> and, and obviously, Nina started grabbing me as well, just trying to fit in. I was like, Hey, what's going on here? Obviously, yeah, it was an all-male bar, and uh, they're always the red and nice, always, always the best fun. Hey, we turn to the seriousness of Monday, the King's Birthday game. Of course, it is the Big Freeze Nine, and Jeff, you have taken part in the Big Freeze. Obviously, a very special occasion for a very special man. What are your thoughts and memories of being a part of the Big Freeze? Yeah, it was awesome, mate. I um, I'll, I'll quickly say, at the end of the day, I was sort of. Well, I didn't really get asked if I wanted to be a part of it. So um, I didn't hear anything. But then towards the end, there was uh, a phone call saying, oh, thank you very much for accepting um, being a part of it. I'm like, I, I, haven't, I haven't even spoken to anyone. Well, that's how Dennis does things, Dennis, yeah, we pretty much put me in it. I couldn't say no. Great calls, like I said. Um, and like everything, mate, every year, everyone gets behind it. Everyone supports it. Neil Danaher is at the front leading the charge. Um, and yeah, obviously it's a wonderful cause, you know, he's lived for a very long time through, through that, which is, you know, normally a, a two year sort of thing. Um, and he's just preaching and, and doing a great job. And it would have been the first time you saw Jeff getting a nice bath. <laughs> it was very rare yeah. occasion. <laughs> well, yeah, it would have been the first. Yeah. Well, we even getting my kid off as well. So, yeah. uh, that was for a great cause. We yeah. were around work. We had guys that, uh, sort of said, if you can raise 10 grand, would you take the kid off? You know, I was like, yeah, no worries. We had two weeks to raise that money. So I was like, yeah, all good. In the end thinking, oh, they won't raise that money anyway. So it'll be all right. <laughs> $13,000 later, um, here I am standing in the budgie smugglers, making sure the rig was still in all, in, in good shape. and uh, It was a bit too late though, wasn't it? it? You did, the two weeks wasn't enough for the rig. <laughs> I wasn't, mate. Well, I didn't eat for a while. <laughs> Uh, very good. Uh, yeah, it's a great cause, mate. It continues on, you know, like we're saying, everyone continues to support it, back it, uh, give generously year after year. So, you know, we want people to continue supporting that, keep uh, pushing the cause, you know, passing on your money as well to, to fund hopefully one day a finding for the cure. Yeah, now, we've got to take a quick break. Are you happy to stay for a couple more minutes if you can? Because we're going to chat about the Monday game, the King's birthday, Melbourne, Collingwood, or do you have to get going? I've actually got to get going, right. bro. I'm on my smoko break, so nah. hopefully none of the bosses are watching. Nah. They'll be like, hey, mate, where are <laughs> you? We need you back out of your work. And, mate, it's been a pleasure talking to you, boys. Wish you all the very best with your show. Take care. Go Dees. Go Frio. Thank you very Cheers, much. Please. That is the great Jeff Farmer. Absolute legend. We'll take a break. We will look at the Melbourne Collingwood game after this and reflect on last night's big win by the Saints against the Sydney Swans. That's all to come on Footy Talk.
You're listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast, please make sure you leave us a review, and I'm sure we will get some good reviews, Nita, after having Jeff Farmer on. What an absolute legend. But let's get back to the footy. Last night, it was a big game for both teams. It was really an eight-point game. If St Kilda could get the win, they would sort of cement themselves in that top six. Sydney needed to keep their finals hopes alive, but it was the Saints who got the job done by 14 points. It wasn't the prettiest game. It was fair to say it was a bit of a slog for a while. Before we get into it, to be fair, the highlight of the game was probably this moment. We've got a streaker on the ground here at the six-and-a-half-minute mark to go. St Kilda by seven points. We've got a streaker. And have a look at some of the running styles on these security guys. Look at old stiff arm over there and stiff neck. He's running with straight legs. Here he comes. Oh, boy. They converge on him. He's One's gone, gone down. There's 15 men dressed in black out there. And he's going to beat them all to the other side of the ground. And up the race he's he goes. Away. He's got away from them all. He's beaten them all. He's gone from one side of the ground to the other. 15 men dressed in black chase after him. And they all look rather stiff. That's <laughs> that his hamstring. The man in black, he has. He's got a hammy. Uh, there's BT at his absolute best. Uh, well called by BT. Amazing call. First That's time a... I'm the radio award you win for the best call of the year. In the, in we, the they could send that in, absolutely. But uh, I think BT would have enjoyed that because it was, as we said, a dour performance. But sometimes, Nita, you just got to get a win. A win's yeah. a win. And for St Kilda now, that was that was hugely important. Yeah, look, it was. Obviously, quarter time, the scoreline wasn't looking too fantastic. It was uh, seven very, to zero. very dour. Yeah, zero to one, a seven oh, point. Yeah. So uh, not a blistering start. You would you wouldn't say, but but look, I guess as the game went on, Sydney were Sydney were very good at the stoppages and uh, and those types of things. But um, you know, in the arm wrestle, in the end, the Saints' pressure was just electric. So that's that really just got them over the line. They just kept going and going and going. Yeah, hallmark of the Ross Lyon teams, their pressure, and they just did it for longer. St Kilda, but there was the one controversy, the talking point, and I will have to ask you, Nita, as a member of the tribunal, the Dan Butler tackle mm. on Nick Blakey. It's going to be a big talking point because it was a, a rundown tackle from behind. It was a brilliant chase down tackle, to be fair. I think he laid nine tackles on the night, Dan Butler. But unfortunately for Nick Blakey, his head did hit the ground. He was taken off for HIA. We've heard since that he was given the all clear from concussion, but they did sub him out of the game. This is really another one of these fine line incidents between a tackle that's dangerous or careless and a tackle that unfortunately is just a part of the game that accidents can happen. Yeah, well, that's right. Well, I do a little bit care. I may, yeah, okay. I may, be, sitting, much, may, yeah. may be sitting on yeah, it, but right. I guess it's the first thing is for um, for Chris O to have a look at it from the MRO point of view and and assess it. Um, but I guess, um, you know, obviously he will look at the head. He doesn't hit the ground. Is it a concussion or was it the toe? I think as um, um, uh, as Johnny Longmire was, yep. was sort of saying. Um, and I guess the other elements that you've got to look at is, is it the – did he did he lock both arms in? I couldn't really see it on the TV. And, uh, and then was it a slinging? Was it a dump? Um, was there any sort of forceful momentum that, um, that Butler sort of added as they were sort of going to the ground? So – I guess they're all the things that that you have to assess. It's not not just the um, not just the outcome. It's it's also what is the action? Was there that slinging, dumping uh, motion? Um, and what has he done with his arms? Um, and they're, they're the things I guess Chris I will have a look at. Uh, and if it does go to the tribunal, no doubt, then um, you know that that they'll be, it'll be contested. I'm sure, um, and that'll be what the 
the case focuses on. And, of course, uh, that will be the case. There'll be a lot of talk over the next 24, 48 hours. And, of course, the other highlight of the night we have to mention was Buddy Franklin's 350th. What an absolute superstar he is. I have him in the top handful of all time. I've sort of done an exercise. You compare his any of his CV or records against the Lockets and Dunstalls and Careys. They, they stack up pretty well. I mean, he's got to be in that right at the top echelon. Oh, absolutely. And what is he, fourth of all time? And an era when, you know, right through his peak of his career, like there was huge flooding going on. It's probably less so now. There's a little bit more fluidity in the game. But but right through the peak of his powers, there's numbers everywhere inside that forward 50. So um, an amazing effort. Yeah, they've done an exercise. If you're pro rata, his goals compared to the goals kicked in that era, he would actually be sitting second all time behind Tony Lockett because uh, obviously less goals were kicked through a big part of Buddy's career. But well done to him. And hopefully we see him three more times just yet. But let's get on to the King's birthday game Monday. This is massive. Melbourne v Collingwood. We're hoping 90 plus thousand yeah. should turn out, not only for the big freeze, but because these are two of the informed teams, two of the premiership favourites. How are you seeing this one? Are you excited? Are you so, going first of all? Yeah, yeah, I'm going. Yeah, we'll um, I'll uh, do the walk to the G beforehand. Yep. So I'll um, I'll get up on the stage um, and introduce Neil on the stage, um, which will be fantastic. And then you know it's, it's just so powerful. Everyone with their beanies on, walking from Federation Square down to the MCG. Um, the, the the ground just filled and packed with all the blue beanies. Um, and and as Wizard was talking about earlier, you know when Neil first told me that he was diagnosed, the sense of help was on the end of the line where and you go to Google searches and there's absolutely nothing there. There's no research. There's no programs. There's nothing in the M&D space. Uh, fast forward nine years later and there's just so much more happening in terms of research and things like that. So the impact and the effect of the game uh, is absolutely enormous. So I'm super excited for that. And then as it happens, we've got, you know, mm. teams number one and three going head to head in in probably the biggest uh, home, and, home and away game that we've had so far this season. So um, there, there will be a sellout. I think there'll be 90 plus thousand and it'll just be uh, uh, an enormous spectacle to start with. And then the game itself will just be, it'll be on. And and two contrasting styles, you know, Collingwood want to go and go and run and be so aggressive and the Demons want to, they'll want to, you know, be the boa constrictor and just restrict them through the middle of the ground. So uh, it'll be great watching. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating game. You're right, Melbourne, just they build it off their contest and defence where Collingwood want to be able to get that transition and speed on the game. So it's going to be a... An arm wrestle to see who gets the game on their terms. So, are you confident with Melbourne? Are you liking the way they're building into this season? I, I am. I'm, I'm feeling quite good about. Look, we have. I don't think the demons have been setting the world on fire, but. Um you know, even the game against Carlton wasn't a great spectacle, but I think they were almost in preparation for Collingwood mode. You know, really, yep. really tight, squeezing the ground. Um, so, I think that they're going okay without setting the world on fire. Clayton Oliver's got a blister injury. That's a bizarre one, isn't it? He's on the on a drip with a blister injury. <laughs> now I'm, th- I'm pretty sure he's got it. Now the man played played for about five or six weeks a few years back and needed two shoulder operations <laughs> at the end of the season. I reckon a blister's not going to keep him out. He'll be he'll be there. Yeah. Um, and of course, Dugowie goes out for them, so that's a massive out and a massive in uh, for the Demons if if Clayton does get up from his blister. Yeah, can't wait for that. It's going to be an absolute cracking game. I have tipped Melbourne. I think the Jordan Dugowie out is going to be a big one for Collingwood. 
good. He's been almost, well, I think, just as influential as Nick Dacos, although Nick Dacos gets all the accolades, rightly so. To go, he's going to be a big out. I think the Melbourne Demons are up for the challenge. Can't wait for this one. Of course, on Monday's show, we'll hear from Beck Danaher to talk more about the uh, the big freeze and what they have been doing for MND. So tune in for that podcast to drop on Monday. But, Nita, I have to say a big thank you to you. Really appreciate your time, as always. Uh, great to get the whiz, your old mate, on. That was a highlight of the show. I have to have a chat to him a bit yeah, later. Yeah, better have a little word. He, he, he maybe dobbed you in there he with Paris. <laughs> but if you do have a question for us, make sure you hit us up on Instagram or TikTok. And tomorrow I'll be with Jay-Z Clark. We'll look back at the game tonight between the Bulldogs and Port Adelaide. Quick tip on that one. That's a 50-50. It, it, it's, yeah, it's a big game. I'm going to go Port Adelaide. They're just a fire at the moment, so I think that they probably get the job done. For no real reason. They're hard to catch the Bulldogs. Sometimes when I tip them, they lose. When I don't, they win. I'm going to go with the Bulldogs. I'm going to back Bevo to find a way to get the job done at home at Marvel Stadium. But I hope you enjoyed today's edition of Footy Talk. We'll be back again to do it all tomorrow. Listener.